Welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast with your host, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week in preparation for Sabbath, November 19th, we look at Lesson 8, the New Testament hope. Together, let's find hope that is laced throughout the entire gospel, as well as the Pauline letters. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at Southwestern Adventist University. We love learning and sharing God's Word, and together we have 18 years of pastoral experience, and now we have the privilege to dig deeper into this study. Okay, here we are, Lesson 8, The New Testament Hope. Memory text comes from 1 John chapter 5, verses 11 and 12, New King James Version. And this is a testimony that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. Yeah, so we're just tracking right along with the New Testament now, as we've looked at the Old Testament, but uh, just how these themes are so... Uh, uh, the continuity right uh and i'm hoping uh no pun intended for new testament hope that as we go through this this will actually point us towards uh not only is it in the biblical writers times but it actually trickles into our time as well and mm-hmm. so michael give us that hope start us off with that hope for sunday's lesson hope beyond this life yeah absolutely so you know um, what is the afterlife? And of course, the lesson's talking about the ancient world with the Herodotus and others. Um, right. And and what if, what if um, some people continue to live that might die or vice versa? Um, there's all of these weighty things. Um, and so, and people have used that to justify certain kinds of things, right? Um, right. Right. Um, and and so really it's coming back to this uh that the christians actually have a hope in contrast to so many other world religions they have a hope too but it's a different kind of hope uh like you know in karma uh in 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 hinduism or buddhism you have um this inner peace or that you're the where you're going to be reincarnated to um and and there's something to that in a sense in that people are looking forward to something but in this case uh in instance christians have a very specific kind of hope a hope right. of life made new and that god has given life and will uh give it again and, mm. and so that's different that's a contrast from all of the other world religions and certainly it's a very uh stark contrast to the ancient uh greeks very very uh, true yeah so first corinthians 15 verses 12 to 19 and i just um, i'm reading from the niv here talks about this and i've used this i'm sure you have two buster for right. funerals many many times mm-hmm. but I, I think it's good for a lesson uh like this that we pause and and remember the words of pastor paul here he states, but if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? And if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. But if And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. Mm. But more than that, more than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God, for we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But he did not raise him, in fact, uh, if in fact dead are not, if if in not fact the dead are not raised, getting to mm. the for the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. So it kind of reiterates the same thing again. 
And then verse 17, and if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, you're, you are still in your sins. And then those who are not have not fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are all, of all people most to be pitied. So again, wow. I think Pastor Paul's making it very clear, the fact that Jesus died for us, the hope of, of Christ's death and resurrection inspires us that our faith is real there is something tangible uh whatever we may say about these different things um we know that our faith is authentic and genuine because of christ's resurrection amen and that we know that there will be uh, life after death so um not only is the, the promise that christ came the first time with his death and resurrection but he also uh, another part of this is the return of christ where he says i will come again yeah you know michael Glad you uh, transitioned us there because as we're looking at John chapter 14, verses 1 through 3, it's probably a very famous passage, but you know what? Let's let's do something a little different. Let's read in the contemporary English version. Cool. Jesus said to his disciples, don't be worried. Have faith in God and have faith in me. There are many rooms in my father's house. I wouldn't tell you this unless it was true. I'm going to prepare a place for, for each of you. After I've done this, I will come back and take you with me. Then we will be together. Uh, you know, we, we've heard that probably time and time again, and it goes yeah. into this question. It's saying uh, this promise is relevant even to our generation. Uh, so long removed, it says, how can uh, we help others see that despite the great length of time is actually relevant and pre uh, prevalent, uh, even though we're so long removed from the time that Jesus spoke it. And uh, Michael, I have, a, I have a break in here because uh, yesterday I taught a class for uh, biblical conflict resolution on cognitive distortions. And a lot of them are just our self-talk, the things that we tell tell each other or tell ourselves. We magnify our problems. Uh, you know, you, you have an exam and you get one question wrong, but you got a 98%. You're like, man, I shouldn't have missed that other one. I should have got 100%, right? You choose to focus in on the problem rather than the actual goodness of what actually happened. Uh, and I said, with all these cognitive distortions, there's 10 of them. I said, how do you fix this? And, and our senior class president raised her hand so boldly, Ashlyn, she won't mind me saying her name. And she says, <laughs> Pastor Swoops, I, I feel like the problem in all these is self is being accentuated and is the center of the universe. When you mm. yourself are the center of the universe, you're going to have these cognitive distortions. But when you realize that you're not the center, that God is the center, she said, it puts yeah. all these into perspective. And it goes the same thing with us waiting for the second coming. Uh, yes, we want him to come in our lifetime. We want him to come when we want him to come. We don't want to suffer anymore. We don't want to see death. We want him to come right after we've experienced the pinnacle of our lives. And then right as things are starting to turn down, then Jesus, you can come. Well, this is not about you. This is about us. This is about wow. Christ. This is about him redeeming the entire world. And so the hope that we have is not just that he's coming back for me, that he's coming back for us. And that we want to see as many people as possible brought into the kingdom of heaven. So if that means that I need to die and wait in the ground for another 300, 400 years, Lord, may it be so, right? If it means that he comes in my lifetime, let it be so. But may it be about his plans and surrendering unto his will and not my will, but thy will be done, right? 
And wow. so I, I say this just to take yourself out of the center of the universe. Take yourself out of the focus of the second coming. Mm. Who's the wow. focus of the second coming? It's Jesus. Wow. It's Jesus coming back to redeem the uh, as many of his saints as possible. So By the way, I want to just stop for a second because, you know, that it. I think hits home for us as Adventists. Yes. All too often we want to make all these things about ourselves and even the return of Christ, which is good news. Yes, it we is. We want to make that about ourselves as if somehow we can only be perfect enough. In the Adventist circles, we call that last generation theology. <laughs> yes, you know, call it out. Pull pull ourselves up by our bootstraps, you know, kind of thing. And and I believe there will be a final generation and I believe they will be perfect, but it's not because of how amazing they are. It's because how amazing they surrender themselves mm. to Christ and Christ works through them. And so that's that's the difference. And I think, Buster, you're hitting on a very important point that we make theology about ourselves instead of about Jesus Christ. Yes. Hey, you know, Michael, it's funny you say that because uh, this past Sabbath, uh, my pastor, Adam Keating, he is preaching a sermon and he called out last gener- generation theology. And as he's calling it out, he said, there's no room for it in the kingdom of heaven. Uh, there's a, a family that got up and walked out of the church in the middle of service. Wow. And wow. now, nope. I was like, you know, we all thought like, oh, what happened? Right. And I, I say that because let's make Christ the focus once again. Right. Let's make wow. caring for one another. Let's make uh, spreading the gospel the 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 very mark and example of of our ministry. Not just preparing myself, but helping the Lord prepare others by living the life He's called us to live. Right. Mm. And so, Michael, tell us a little bit about Tuesday's lesson. I will raise him up. Well, hey, we're just coming back to the words of Jesus, and I think this is a, a great, uh, amazing story passage from John chapter 6, verses 26 to 51. Mm. And I'm not going to read all this. It's a great long section. So as you're reviewing your Sabbath school lesson this week, take some time and read John 6 and really dig into that. But the the key verse, I think, is verse 40. Uh, For my father's will is that everyone who looks to the son and believes in him shall have eternal life. And I will raise them up um, at the last day. And, uh, you know, and and it's interesting, verse 41, the Jews are bullying and stuff like that because because they're kind of wondering, you know, is he really divine and all this, this other stuff. And, and he even says, you know, I will raise them up at the last day. He says that again. Um, And, and that's where they're starting to wonder, um, you know, blasphemy, these kinds of things. In fact, um, he even straight out says, I am the bread of life. I mean, how more clear can you get? <laughs> than that? And so right. it's this sort of dialogue where Jesus is revealing his divine self. Um, and, and of course, they they oppose this. They just don't get it. They don't get it. Um, and so there's Jesus as part of a uh, part of his story. And his ministry here on this earth and and so i think this is um vital to understand that if we're going to have resurrection it has to center on a personal relationship uh with jesus christ that's where it comes from you can say all of these things theoretical but but this is real this is practical this is um the the word made flesh jesus christ Self. And and that's the beauty of the gospel and this is at the heart of of everything that we believe yeah. So. And, and, you know, it's beautiful because, Michael, as you're saying, it's a, at the heart of everything we believe. It's the very reason that 
gives us ultimate hope, right? Like, so the Christian lifestyle in and of itself is such a benefit for me, right? My family, but then to recognize that this gift, this promise that he has for us as well, the end of it, you know, that's just, for me, that's the cherry on top, right? Yeah. And so, uh, I thank you for, for sharing that, Michael. I really do. Well, uh, let's take it to the next step with the uh, sound of the trumpet. So we're talking about the resurrection. We kind of talked about that a little bit already, or you did earlier. But um, at what point does all of this really take place? We're talking about the hope. We're talking about resurrection. You know, the lesson's titled The Sound of the Trumpet. Um, t- help us out here. So, so you know, it's, it's, I have a funny story about this. I think every pastor does. Um, there's a, a family that asked me to do their mother's memorial service, but she is the only Adventist in her family. And she, she wants to win over the rest of her brothers and sisters at the funeral. And she says, pastor, can you make sure you read and you preach from first Thessalonians chapter four, 13, you know, (laughs) she says, and really convince them and show them that mom's not in heaven, that mom's not in heaven. (laughs) And I said, okay, you know, I, 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 it's like, you know what? This is your your mother's funeral. If you want to do that, it's like, I could do that. I was like, but it's like, wouldn't you like a chance for them to not have a bitter taste in their mouth of like throwing this theology at them? So, so in other words, I'm talking to Adventists out there. I believe we have the absolute correct view on the state of the dead, but I also believe we use so many differences to try to win over people when we have so many similarities that we can win to actually win over people. And so I'm going to read this and explain to you what I what I did there. Uh, now, we do not want you to be ignorant, brothers. This is First Thessalonians chapter 4, 13 through 16. Uh, brothers, concerning those who have fallen asleep so that you will not grieve as also the rest who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, thus also God will bring those who have fallen asleep through Jesus together with him. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and who remain until the Lord's coming, who uh, will not possibly precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself would descend from heaven with a shout of command and with the voice of our archangel and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. And so I, I, I remembered, Michael, I, I shared with that group, I said, you know what, we have differences of opinions and views about the dead. It's like, but one thing we do have in common is the fact that those who die in Christ will live again, right? It's like, when, where, how, why? Okay, we can, we can disagree. It's like, I really don't believe God's going to keep us out of heaven. <laughs> All right. Mm. All right. But it's like our duty is to search the scriptures and to find a way possible to make sure that we're truly living in Christ. Right. So, but let's focus in on those similarities and those similarities are we have hope in Jesus Christ. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's not a time for me to step on your family and tell them how wrong they are. It's a time to celebrate your mom's life and to have hope assured of her resting in Jesus. Right. Wow. Wow. Well, you know, it's interesting. I was just doing an oral history with a friend this this week. Um, I'm saying that discreetly because it's, you know, this is not public, but it's it's someone that's been an influential church leader um, uh, for many years. And that person early in their story got married and the spouse was not a church member, had been raised in the church, but was not an active, had not gone to church, had not been baptized. Okay. And um, several years of trying, trying, trying just to force you know, this person to become spiritual and then had this aha, aha moment where 
the that individual realized they were the ones that were driving the person away wow. and then they stopped trying to force the person trying to do the work of the holy spirit eventually the holy spirit was actually able to do the work in their heart and they were able to actually they, they did actually become baptized but that was they found out much later you know and being able to talk that and they realized uh, i had that realization that they were the ones that were hampering the spirit of god mm. So how often do we get in the way of the Holy Spirit doing Oof. the job that God is already in the process of doing? You know, I, I was just reading in Steps to Christ uh, this morning that if we live the life that God has called us to live in him, our efforts will not be wholly lost. Right. So in other words, it's sometimes the. Uh, unintentional interactions that we have with people rather than the direct to like have Bible studies, get baptized. It's the indirect that actually have even more of a greater impact as people look at us living our lives for Christ that actually impacts them even greater. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so Michael, tell us about the everlasting encounter. Absolutely. So this is kind of tying up the lesson. First Corinthians chapter 15, verses 51 to 55. And mm. it just starts out with Pastor Paul saying, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. Okay, so that's the power of the resurrection. I suppose part of the mystery is how does that happen? And, and I just don't know. I yeah. mean, I can't speak words and raise someone back from the dead. I, that's something that <laughs> mechanically have not been able to do to actually create life in and of itself. So that, I think that's part of the mystery is that's something divine. That's something God only can do. Um, and then I don't know, Buster, um, I think part of that mystery is we're also going to be surprised. And uh, I guess, first of all, surprised to be there, right? Partly, but <laughs> and I, I want to see what that resurrected body looks like. You know, I've never been able to get that six pack buster. So <laughs> uh, I don't know if my wife's going to be like, hey, you know, hey there. <laughs> but uh, whatever it is, you know, um, I had a dear friend this week. Uh, and again, this hasn't been. You know, and, and probably some of our listeners maybe can relate to this, but just found out that uh, they have a severe health challenge that um, they're looking, you know, very seriously at end of life kinds of things, whether, um, you know, what uh, they're hoping for the best, but, you know, it, it's kind of weighing, weighing in the balance. They just don't know. They don't know uh, yeah. what their future has to, has to hold. And, um, Whatever that might be, hopefully it's nothing that traumatic, but but we all have uh, these various aspects of our lives. You know, I can think of family members that have chronic issues with back pain and back problems, things like that. You know, these are these are things that I think that part of that mystery will be, you know, um, thankful, just incredibly thankful at the power of God and to be able to be there and to see loved ones and um, and yeah, I, I think there's going to be that aspect of these things on earth that we worry about, that we worry about our own mortality and, and yes. uh, challenges, challenges that we face COVID, you know, I'm, I'm excited to, I'd be glad to be in heaven, just be in a COVID free world, you know? Well, I, I heard that the pandemic is officially over. Was it supposed to be February twenty something twenty? Is it twenty twenty three? Maybe twenty twenty four. I don't know. They're supposed to physical over, but COVID isn't over until heaven, right? Yeah, the idea of of, of sickness and death. You know, um, 
whatever that is, or whatever the next COVID is, or whatever yep. disease that might be uh, for, for each of us, it could be, it's going to no doubt be something different, but it's sure, sure going to be nice to not have to think in those kinds of ways. It is. It really is. And I think that's why the lesson this week is called New Testament Hope, because it's hope that's found in the New Testament about not only life after death, but it's also life through the death, resurrection, and uh, you say power of Christ, right? Mm-hmm. That we have hope not only for the future, but we have hope in the present. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, interesting, you know, it's talking about the New Testament, the lesson kind of does fall back and, and comes back to the early Christians, you know, uh, and, uh, you know, that that they could, their hope could be so real that they could, some would give their lives and be martyred and, and they would try to dispose of their bodies and the ashes and throw it in the river. Um, but for Christians, that was no problem uh, in a way because it didn't matter what they did to their physical bodies. They They knew that God is more powerful to be able to resurrect them. And that gave them an ability to face death in the eye and not have to be afraid. Well, you know, and I love the symbolism of taking ashes and spreading into a river that actually spreads the gospel even further, right? Because as the blood of the martyrs were poured out, more people were impressed with, it's like Martin Luther King Jr. says, unless a man is willing to die for something, he's unfit to live. And so seeing people are willing to die for this made them realize the seriousness of it. And so people took off after them because of their example. Tertullian I had to just mention this, you know, the blood yes. of the martyr is the seed of the church. Yes. <laughs> Let's go. That church history in there. So yes, love it, Michael. Well, I don't think there's anything better than to remember the hope of the resurrection that we have, whatever we may face this next week. Uh, for our listeners, you know, just keep your eyes on Jesus and cling to that blessed hope. Amen. Well, I think that's a, a way, a stopping point to wrap up for another week. So, uh, Buster, I, th- I think that's it for this week. Um, I believe so. Join us again for another Sabbath School Rescue podcast every week. Uh, this is Soup. And Swoops. Signing, signing out. As we put a wrap on this week's lesson, this is Campbell Swoops signing off. By the way, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Southwestern Union of Seventh-day Adventists and Southwestern Adventist University, which has for over 125 years provided a Christ-centered education just 20 minutes south of Fort Worth, Texas. We love teaching with personal colleagues, offer quality academics, and provide numerous ways to get involved both on campus and across the globe. To learn more, visit swahoo.edu or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, be sure to join us again next week as we continue to explore God's Word. You can make sure not to miss an episode by joining us at sabbathschoolrescue.org.